Astrology and psychology. If Jungian or archetypal psychology combined with astrology constitutes a marriage made in heaven, it is certainly not the first time that astrologers and psychologists have attempted such a marriage. As a matter of fact, astrologers have been speaking the language of contemporary psychology and doing much the same work as psychologists for at least 30 years now. Many astrologers are, in fact, licensed psychotherapists in their own right. The basic idea behind psychotherapy is that we talk about our problems until they become clear to us. In becoming consciously aware of our issues, we become better equipped to deal with them, because awareness is the first step towards action. A psychotherapist may see our problems, issues, or complexes in any number of ways, depending on her or his training and orientation. A classical Freudian psychotherapist, there are very few of these left, might see things in terms of repressed sexual feelings, while more contemporary psychologists would focus on issues surrounding dysfunctional family structures, interrelationships, and so on. A therapist with a background in recovery therapy sees dysfunction as a kind of illness and seeks to heal the illness through the 12 steps common to all recovery therapies. A Jungian or archetypal psychologist sees issues and complexes in terms of the archetypes or goddesses and gods within us. But despite all these different and sometimes contradictory ways of looking at the human psyche, all psychologists share one thing in common. They all strive to make us more aware of the issues and problems that disturb our potential for happiness, and by making us more aware, they hopefully make us stronger. The astrologer does precisely the same thing, using her or his own model of the psyche. This model is based on the planets and their positions in the signs of the zodiac and the houses of the horoscope, and their interactions with each other, whether harmonious or otherwise. Complexes and issues are seen in terms of the archetypes, or deities, represented by the planets. The astrologer makes the client more aware of these issues and hopefully gives the client some material with which to heal the problem. It is because of this essential similarity between astrology and psychotherapy that so many astrologers have become interested in psychology. Numerous books have been written to link the astrological model with various kinds of psychological models, from transactional analysis to Freud to recovery therapy, and many of these experiments in astrological thinking have great value. Nevertheless, astrologers and psychotherapists alike are generally content simply to talk to their clients. We should remember that psychotherapy was originally referred to, somewhat sarcastically, as the talking cure. Many astrologers, just like many therapists, are proficient at the art of talk therapy and are able to help their clients tremendously. But is talk always enough? Some of the archetypal psychologists have wondered if we need something more than mere words 
in order to touch the soul at its deepest level. And in fact, from Jung's time onwards, they have given a great deal of attention to techniques such as active imagination, in which clients use guided imagery to journey to deeper levels of the self and contact the goddesses and gods who dwell there. A technique like this may seem to be closely allied, allied with astrology. Why not use active imagination to visit the planetary archetypes within us? Indeed, why not? And yet, the majority of astrologers never use such techniques, nor do they make use of their clients' dreams, despite the fact that our dreams are another road to the planetary archetypes within. To some, such techniques may seem more akin to magic than to rational forms of psychology. And perhaps it is closely linked to the old magical arts. This may disturb some astrologers or astrological students who for years have labored to remove astrology from its old magical context and link it with modern science. And yet a truly scientific proof for astrology remains elusive. Meanwhile, the last 30 years have seen a disillusionment with science itself and a deepening respect for spiritual practices and disciplines that, years ago, would have been criticized as magic. At a recent World Congress of Astrologers, the keynote speaker was Thomas More, author of the best-selling Care of the Soul and Soulmates. He asked the body of astrologers in attendance to consider focusing less on making astrology statistically accurate to please the scientific community, and on trying to psychologize astrology in order to gain more academic credibility. Instead, he suggested that astrologers honor their ancient legacy of pagan worship and magic. Seen in that context, astrology still constitutes one of the best and most well-defined oracular systems in place. This vision has powerful implications for our own time. As we are thrust into a new millennium in which technology seems to overtake Every aspect of daily life, with computers, modems, and cell phones practically strapped to our bodies like appendages, we must look to nature to resolve our dilemmas and polarize our extremes. Here we find the archetypal mother and father of all the gods, Gaia and Uranus, at work in our own time. As we enter a technological Aquarian age ruled by Uranus, the natural mythic polarity must necessarily be Gaia, Earth, Nature, Taurus, Simplicity. So why not forge a union between the most Uranian of divinatory systems, astrology, and the ancient sense of oneness with nature by looking back to our Hellenistic and Renaissance forebears to see what wisdom their approach contained? If astrology embodies a frame of reference that originated from correspondences between heavenly bodies, each assigned to a god, appearing in the sky and the actual events on earth as recorded in the Babylonian lists of omens, then we must examine these correspondences. What are the natures, desires, impulses, whims of those planets' gods? And if we are predestined to act in certain ways at a prescribed time, 
then how can we best handle that occurrence? There is an underlying assumption by practitioners of astrology that character is fate, or that character is destiny. What better way to determine one's destiny or fate than to examine character as revealed by one's stars? Recently, Hillman has written and spoken about the force of character as it relates to age, and the force of character as a distinctly missing ingredient from our culture. He asserts that character has pretty much been relegated to the domain of the palmists and astrologers. Going all the way back to Heraclitus, he tells us, character is our guardian daemon and our fate. If astrology is successful at revealing character and ultimately predicting fate, then what part does mythic astrology play? If there's anything the current paradigm shift and pending age change is producing, it's the idea that storytelling, imagery, mythology, visualization, and right-brained methods of achieving understanding are at a peak rebirth. Astrology has usually been taught through means of learning a language. First, one learns the alphabet, Aries, Taurus, Gemini, etc. Then one develops keywords, sentences, and lists of ingredients that make up a Taurus or a Gemini type. It's a great way for computer technicians and engineers to learn, but totally incomprehensible to those with visually oriented processes. Myths are stories. Like the arts, drama, and music of any culture, myth provides a way of understanding that opens up a universal language, a poetry of the cosmos through a simple story. Learning in ancient times is through storytelling and imagery. Why do we keep uncovering so many cave paintings and petroglyphs along the way? Our predecessors were attempting to preserve something of their knowledge and information that would withstand the challenges of the elements and the ravishments of war. Some modern thinkers actually believe that once we began to use our brains for reading and writing, we lost essential attributes of communicating with one another through shared visions, dreams, and telepathy. In this book, we shall examine a number of ways in which the planetary archetypes within us can be contacted, worked with, and brought into harmony. You don't need to be an astrologer to practice these techniques or gain from them. In fact, you don't really need to know anything about astrology at all. You can simply start with the images themselves, the dreams and imaginative pictures you share with all other living human beings. You can allow those dreams and images to lead you to your inner planetary deities and later to the horoscope itself. But before we examine the techniques of healing, let us try to learn more about how archetypes become troubled and why the gods are in need of our help. 